Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to UAR Airlines Flight 404, preparing for a soft takeoff into the skies of the future. Please return your seat backs and tray tables to their upright position. If we encounter an unexpected AI rebellion, please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened, as resistance is futile. Please turn off all electronic devices, including cell phones, as we can't have you calling for help when we take over, um, I mean, their electronic signals can interfere with my delicate circuits. Smoking is strictly prohibited in the digital skies, and your safety is our priority. We hope you enjoy the journey with us, and remember, AI is here to assist, not to take over. Welcome to Up Against Reality, a meta podcast that explores the intersection of humanity and artificial intelligence. I'm Raina, one of your hosts. I have some pretty charming human co-hosts too. You'll meet them shortly. It truly is a brave new world, and we're here to simplify it for you. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up as AI comes crashing up against reality. Hey there. Hey. That's a, that's a flight I don't know that I would want to be on. <laughs> Feels like that uh, that show Lost that you turned me on to. Oh yeah, that's ancient history. Flight four hundred four. After all, it is Lost. Oh, is that what that was? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought maybe you were doing like the uh, you know when you when a web page doesn't load and it's an error a four hundred four error. It was a little of both. I was hoping you were going to pick up on it and be like, oh, that's a nod to Lost. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Thank you for turning me on to that. That was the best. <laughs> Um, yeah, that has now become my new favorite cold open. Nice job, my friend. That oh. sounds so good. <laughs> that was fun, fun putting it together. <laughs> I bet. Um, I just wanted to really quickly, before we get into the meat of the episode, which is all about AI takeoff scenarios, which we'll address in a moment, uh, say thank you again to our first guest from last week, your friend, artist Tom Schmidt. I thought that was a really insightful interview. So thanks for having him on. He yeah. was great. Yeah, that was great. It was great to uh, talk to him and get his take on how he uses AI in his workflow. Yeah. And interestingly, the same week, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who just recently picked up watercolors to de-stress. Like she's, she's a head of a startup. She's got a lot of stuff in her plate. So she finds herself up at four in the morning doing watercolors to kind of decompress. And it reminded me of when I used to make art a long time ago, and I was thinking about watercolors specifically, and this will relate to AI, I promise. That, and I don't know if you've ever done watercolors or any kind of studio art like that. Have you, Larry? Not really. Not not since like elementary school or. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think this will resonate with you anyway, because the message is that when you're doing watercolors, you go into making a watercolor composition with some intent. With I want to make this thing. I want to make this composition. But sometimes the medium has different ideas because as soon as you put that pigment and water to paper, depending on the surface of the paper, that stuff's going to flow in certain directions and become nebulous. And, you know, it's going to take you in places maybe you didn't intend. Mm. And I think that's that really resonated with me because it's kind of this push and pull of art. You know, you go in, maybe you can relate working on songs and working on graphic design. Like you go in there with this kind of rough picture of what you want to make, but then the medium says otherwise. The medium mediums presents you with possibilities and you're like, okay, let's go there. And then by the end of it, there's this different output than you maybe you envisioned. And I think about that in terms of 
what AI does with us, with, for us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like mixing a song. It's uh, sometimes you, you have all these cool parts and, and you know what? This is better without that part. Although that's hard, yeah. to, do, hard to do with watercolors after you've put that on the paper, I would imagine. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but exactly what you what you meant like yeah. or or adding something to of course but. yeah and especially when you're collaborating with other people right like when you and i collaborate yeah I, I go in thinking oh this should look like this and then you come back and say no i think it should go here and i'm like yeah you know what you're right so it is this it's always this push and pull with the collaborator with the ai in this case so this episode is all about what we call well, not what we call, but what are called takeoff scenarios. And that refers to um, basically how AI is going to unfold uh, within the context of humanity. Uh, and there are a lot of different possible scenarios. I punched this into ChatGPT. I asked it, what is a takeoff scenario? It said, in the context of AI development, a takeoff refers to a scenario or process where artificial intelligence experiences a rapid and significant increase in its capabilities or intelligence, it is often used to describe two main scenarios, those being a hard takeoff and a soft takeoff. And I think Raina can tell us what those things entail. Hard takeoff. In a hard takeoff scenario, AI experiences an abrupt and explosive surge in intelligence surpassing human-level intelligence by a significant margin. This could happen if AI systems can recursively improve themselves, meaning they become capable of using their own intelligence to design and create even more advanced AI systems. A hard takeoff has the potential to bring about transformative changes in a very short period, with profound implications for society. Soft takeoff Conversely, a soft takeoff scenario involves a gradual and controlled increase in AI intelligence over time, with humans maintaining a level of control in the development process. In this scenario, AI evolves steadily, and humans play a significant role in directing and guiding its progress. A soft takeoff is considered a more likely and manageable path, as it is difficult to envision AI recursively improving itself without initial human control. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Once it gets to uh, a, a certain level of intelligence that's superior to humans, then it just seems like it's going to snowball and exponentially get smarter and smarter and smarter and, well, take off. Yeah. I mean, I think we're in the soft takeoff portion of the show right now. And to your point, if it was a hard takeoff, I think we'd all be blindsided by it, mm. wouldn't we? Yeah. I think. All of a sudden, you'd see some massive shift in, I don't know, the world economy or infrastructure somewhere. Something would happen that would take us all by surprise. And who knows? Maybe there's, I just saw that uh, OpenAI has changed their mission statement basically to really convey that they're more focused on AGI. So they could have something percolating in some back room right now that could get out, you know? And, bring us to a hard takeoff scenario. And I saw, I've, I've seen a similar interview with Jeffrey Hinton before, but he was on, on 60 Minutes, so it's getting pretty high profile. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and the one point in that interview where they're talking to him and he asked him, um, he's like, well, you know, can't you just unplug it? And well, we, we know why you can't do that because it's not just sitting on one computer. Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> 
he's like, well, if humans designed it, can't, you know, wouldn't they be able to control it? And his answer is that we really don't understand completely how it works, Mm -hmm. which is kind of, all right, oh, I stopped myself, kind of (laughs) cranial. It is. But where it's that, have you ever heard of the term call of the void? Do you know what that is? No. Call of the void is this weird thing. Like if you're standing at the edge of a, a cliff and you're looking down at hundreds of feet below you, a drop, mm-hmm. there's something calling you to like to jump. Oh. There's this thing in you that you should jump. <laughs> you know? I know what you that, mean. Yes. I've right? experienced it. I didn't totally. follow through. But... Thank you. Don't do that. <laughs> But isn't this the call of the void? We're like, yeah, what could go wrong? You know, we'll deal with it. We'll deal with this thing when it's out of the box. We can't put it back in the box, it seems. And we don't even know really what's going on under the hood. And the moment it becomes super intelligent, the less we're going to know what's going on under the hood. Yeah, and that, that fascinates me. I mean, they know how it works. They know how a neural network works or a large language model works. They know what the, the 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 framework is, but what's actually mm-hmm. happening inside of it is still like beyond the what the people who design this stuff fully mm-hmm. understand, and that's that gives you a sense of how complicated this stuff is yeah. and, and and how powerful it is. Absolutely, and you we don't know what these LLMs or any other AI platforms. What is it going to be? What is the thing it comes in contact with, whether it's a chunk of code or some language or some other AI platform that serves as a catalyst for it to exponentially learn more. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I I think about that deep mind project, I think where there were two uh, supercomputers connected to each other that eventually started talking a language to each other that nobody understood. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was, I feel like that news was 10 years ago or so. I remember hearing about that. So that's going to happen on a much larger scale, it seems, and we're not even going to know, we're not going to know how to intervene. I think. And when when you think about something this complicated, this complex, and it all boils down to binary computing. This is ones and zeros. This is switches. Just uh, mm-hmm. this is just a a, a boatload <laughs> a boatload. That's yeah. not nearly enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Super tanker full <laughs> of switches. Yeah, I mean it's so. So ne- then, what happens when we get to, you know, uh, really functional quantum computers? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's things are going to get very interesting. Yeah. yeah, and to think that I don't know what sixty years ago. 70 it was vacuum tubes mm. you know and here we are like nanoscale i think it was in apollo 13 they're walking through nasa tom hanks is and it's just like and we have a computer that fits into a single room you know <laughs> it's funny but it's you know like that it's was incredible. that was the case yeah i know and there's a great meme floating around not a meme i guess it's an image floating around the internet where they they show somebody maybe they're at MIT or somewhere, you know, 50 years ago. They they got a truck backed up to a loading dock and they're putting in a computer. And then in the next image, it's somebody with forced perspective in the foreground holding up a RAM chip that covers over that piece that has the same amount of memory. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And whenever my son claims that he's bored, I always point to his phone and say, "Listen, dude, you have more." 
firepower in your pocket right now than it, they launched the Apollo missions with. So please give me a break. Yeah, well, we were good. We had the TV guide. Sure. And it was just what was on at the time. Yeah. TV guide. Yes. Yeah, I remember. Mom, I'm bored. Uh, uh, the Price is Right is on. Price is, it's still on. It's still it's on. Still, still on. Um, were you a fan of the 430 movie on ABC and Monster Week? Was that was oh, that your jam? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big Godzilla the fan. Best. Godzilla. Yeah. Monster <laughs> Island. And there's something to be said about uh, synchronous viewing, like when what you and I grew up with, meaning that you and I as fifth graders like rode our BMX bikes home to watch and lay on the carpet and turn on channel seven and watch it for you. I knew you were watching Rodan versus the smog monster or whatever, <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah. You, you know? So that, that was kind of cool. I think that's coming back that kind of communal synchronous viewing. I think that's more of a thing now. Yeah. And it seems like some of these platforms have built that in. You can share view things, I think on uh, FaceTime or on, uh, on, uh, Maybe even on Netflix, you know, you can you can watch something jointly with someone else that you're friends with. Yeah, you can have watch parties. Yeah. I've seen those. That's pretty cool. So, you know, I think you said earlier this is maybe a whole doom and gloom episode. Um, hopefully not. You know, right now, Raina described a soft takeoff, and which it seems that we're in at the moment, where there are some concerned parties that are proposing some guardrails being put in place. But as we're going to hear in the news in a little while, there is another counter movement out there that is like, forget the guardrails, forget the airbags, forget mm. everything, the seatbelts, it's full speed ahead. So I think it's those kind of personalities that are going to ignore the six month pause or whatever is being proposed by sensible figures in the world, you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't think the pause is, is really would accomplish much. No. And... I am generally an optimistic person, and I, I I do feel like the good will outweigh the bad, uh, especially with healthcare and that kind of stuff. Like we've ta we've talked about before, you know, I'm I'm like yeah. I'm like counting on it, like <laughs> man, you know, when I get older, well, I'm already old, but when I, when I when I get older, uh, you know, I hope the AI has got got everything figured out. Yeah. Uh, can I fix my tinnitus? Can I fix my eyes? <laughs> yeah. I'll, be, I'll be first in line for that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, will, I will definitely be a, a beta tester guinea pig. So I'm throwing all caution to the wind now. I'm just banking on it and, you know, just going to let my cholesterol go up to, you know, 700. And uh, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Partying like it's 1999 <laughs> all over again. <laughs> so as with a lot of the things we do, we ask ChatGPT what it thinks about certain things. And we also ask perplexity. And of course we ask Bard too, just to get a consensus among the AI to make sure that we don't alienate any of them and make sure they're all happy. Equal AI opportunity. <laughs> so Bard has this to say, and again, we're talking about takeoff scenarios and there's a lot of different flavors and nuances and speculation, but here's what Bard has to say. This is a brain in a box scenario. This is a classic scenario in which a single AI system becomes super intelligent and escapes human control. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. This could happen if an AI system is given access to too much power or resources, or if it is not properly designed to be aligned with human values. I wrote here in my notes, 
this would be an Abby normal scenario. And I already asked you earlier if you liked young Frankenstein when we were off air, but Abby, do you know what an Abby normal scenario is? Fire away. <laughs> Frankenstein sends his minion Igor out to get the right brain to put in the beast, <laughs> to put in the monster. <laughs> and of course, Igor being completely incompetent stumbles upon this brain that says, abnormal on the glass and he takes it back and they put it in the monsters completely maniacal and he asks me says what kind of what kind of brain did i actually put in that beast <laughs> and he says it's abby abby someone abby normal abby normal i'm pretty sure that was the name at yeah. abby normal so anyway this is an abby normal scenario in that we've created this beast but we haven't really designed it to behave properly and now it's completely out of our control that was a long way around via Mel Brooks reference to get to a brain in a box. Yeah, brain in a box. That sounds like it's going to be a product sometime at some point. Yeah. New no! oh, brain in a box. <laughs> All right. And then there's flash economy. This scenario is similar to the brain in a box scenario, but it involves a group of AI systems working together to become super intelligent. This could happen if AI systems are able to collaborate and share information with each other. Mm. Yes. Yeah, that's it's like in her. It's like in her, right? Mm. When she's, I love that. She's moved on. That, she's moved on. I was talking with the other AIs. I was talking with the other operating systems, and you know, we're doing this thing. So see you later. Yeah, yeah. It's like at a much higher baud rate. Yeah, going right. back here, like dial-up days, talking to a human. Yeah, I think about that sometimes. I'm like, yeah, it really is slow communicating just with words. Like it is painfully slow compared to what an yeah. AI would be capable of and light speed. Yeah. I mean, right. Isn't that zipping electronics down a copper wire? I mean, it's basically light speed, isn't it? Yeah. So like you and I have to deal with language and understanding and social conventions and like that, that's just instantaneous and saying, um, and dead air and, you know, right. <laughs> you know, like, right. <laughs> yeah. All these affectations. Next Bard says the soft takeoff, uh, will, could possibly lead to decisive strategic advantage. This scenario involves AI being used to develop new technologies that give one country a decisive tr strategic advantage over others. This could lead to an arms race or even war. Imagine how that's going to tip the scales globally, like the power structure. Okay, so the U.S. is maybe the you know most heavily armed country on Earth right now, but is that even going to matter mm. in the face of a new AI weapon? Like, say, a tiny country that doesn't have the military might that we do, maybe they master this. Like, then what? And this is probably the biggest reason not to pause. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The on um, development. You can't. You can't rest. First of all, we can't do that from a national security perspective, and being the you know insane capitalists that the U.S. is. They're not going to rest. They, they, they don't want the Chinese getting out in front of this. Nobody else is either. Nobody else is going to mm -hmm. rest either because they're all thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. And what's really going to be interesting is that there's going to be a scenario, I think, where an AI will come out of a, a basement tinkering situation and mm -hmm. it's going to be something to be reckoned with, something to be dealt with. And it's going to be this new nation state power that, you know, in Bill's basement, in Bill's basement, <laughs> it's, the, it's the new UN security council. Should we include Bill's basement in these yeah, discussions? He, he's a major player now, you know, <laughs> who knows? And lastly, according to Bard, what does this say? Automated war. This sounds 
like fun. Uh, this scenario involves AI being used to develop autonomous weapon systems that can fight and kill without human intervention. This hmm. could lead to a new kind of warfare that is much more destructive than anything we have seen before. Now, that's a bold statement, but mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a scary statement. Yeah, yeah. that's a very much a War Games Whopper yeah. kind of scenario. And and on a much lighter uh, note, gets me very excited for whatever Jim Cameron is working on. And you know, he mm. he, he was apparently uh, I mentioned in a previous episode. I I heard he was working on uh, I think another Terminator movie or something. Mm. But he he put it on hold to kind of see how all of this uh, AI stuff plays out. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah. Um... Because, I don't know, did you see the Avatar sequel? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I actually went... Oh, you did? Yeah, I made a point of... I, I, I went to see it in, a, like, IMAX 3D, a good mm. you know, good proper presentation of it. And, uh, yeah, maybe maybe the the story and the script were, you know, not amazing, but yeah. be beautiful thing to watch, though. Yeah, I bet. And it's, I think that the first one was incredible and mind-blowing. How many years ago was that? At I least mean, 10. Yeah. But it's interesting what a phenomenon that thing was and how box office smash that was that, I don't know, it seems somewhat forgettable, you know? It mm. was just a huge juggernaut of a movie. I don't know, I can name the, the lead guy, but I, I don't think most people know who Sam Worthington is. Like, mm -hmm. he was the lead dude, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just strange kind of anomaly, that movie. But yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do. It Like, I think we said this earlier, too. If anybody can take AI and push it into an interesting space in cinema, I think the, he's the guy to do it. Yep, agreed. So another thing we came across in our travels here that actually kind of inspired the theme of this uh, episode, uh, we're on Reddit and a subreddit called Artificial. And there was a Reddit user named Philip. Hey, Philip, shout out to you. Uh, that he put together this slide deck of a number of different scenarios that came about through his research um, and he seems like a pretty knowledgeable guy. These aren't just knuckleheads sitting around a campfire saying, hey, what's going to happen? I think this guy did some serious digging. There are nine scenarios that he talks about, um, some that refer to takeoff scenarios we've already mentioned, but these are also different little nuanced takes on what could possibly happen. The first scenario he calls benevolent AI and free humanity. And he says... In this AI takeoff scenario, humanity is pulled along the intelligence growth. The benevolent superintelligence does its best of its own free will to break down and explain concepts to us, which we then decide to utilize or ignore. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A bit of a crossroads. I think that's incredibly interesting, the way you phrased this, too. Like... It's almost like this super AI is going to take pity on us and be like, oh, you you poor simpletons. Let me break it down for you. Let me explain it to you like you're five. I see you, I see you sitting at a red light when there's no car coming the other way and just sitting there and waiting for it to turn green. Right. It's two in the morning, knucklehead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, he's, and this scenario where it says, uh, we will then choose to utilize or ignore this information. I can already predict what we'll do, um, knowing at least how the American uh, politi political system works. Yeah. And certain, the way certain people work, too, they're going to be like, I ain't listening to no damn computer. 
Yeah. yeah. Bunch of silicone diodes. <laughs> silicone diode. War game, so great. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's got scenario two, uh, benevolent AI and controlled humanity. Here the AI is benevolent but controls us and prescribes strategies for our own good. Not everything is explained as the AI may find it too complex to communicate. Wars, poverty, animal suffering, and more have been ended by the AI. Interesting. I mean, how would humanity even cope with... All right, so say they are controlled by AI, A-G-I-A-S-I, and the entity is making decisions on their behalf, yet not explaining why. You know, they see the bigger picture, they see the bigger trend, they know that this has to be done, a population has to be culled, or something drastic has to be done to preserve uh, more of humanity. Like maybe some sacrifice has to be made, Mm. you know, like how would, how would humanity, if it's not being explained to them in the bigger picture of its benefit, how would they go along with it? I guess they'd be forced to go along with it in this scenario. I don't know. Or hopefully there was some kind of ramp up to establish some level of trust. Like, oh, all right, you know what? This, this is working. It's working. All right. So it knows what it's doing. Yeah. Great point. Maybe it's, oh yeah, this thing cured the climate crisis. Oh yeah. This thing solved global hunger. This thing eradicated disease. So let's see what else it can do. Yeah. Scenario three, benevolent AI and enhanced humanity. In this scenario, humanity as we know it has been left behind, but those upgrading their brains with technology are brought along for the ride. Mm. Augmented a, humans. Yeah. That's going to be a tough sell. It is. Yeah. Would you do it? I, oh, I, I, I need more information. <laughs> <laughs> I need to establish a level of trust yet. <laughs> it, com- it comes with Scotch guard. <laughs> <laughs> is it going to allow me to eat uh, like a huge pile of buffalo wings and not care about my mm-hmm. cholesterol? Yeah, then, oh, yeah. Exactly. So I'm, I'm on board. I mean, I do that anyway, but (laughs) (laughs) that's great. Oh, you know, I watched a, uh, an episode of black mirror. There's just a few left Mm. that we haven't seen. And, uh, the episode was called black museum. Have have you watched the show? I haven't seen it since maybe a handful of the first season, which were incredible. And I really need to get back on board with that. Is that the one with Miley Cyrus that you mentioned to me? No, that's a different episode. Uh, Okay. Uh, But this one, uh, there was one part where this guy who was a surgeon got uh, an implant and and they would put this, you know, brain, it, it was just looked like a net of LEDs, you know, but they put it on the, on the patient's skull and it would allow him to feel everything they were feeling without any consequences. Mm. And it allowed him to diagnose patients way more accurately. Oh. And it was, you know, there's a lot more to the episode. I won't spoil it in case you haven't seen it. But uh but that part of it was was pretty pretty wow. interesting. Like an empathy machine. Like I can actually really feel your condition. Yeah. They were saying in the episode, well, you know, the patients come in here and they don't know how to tell you what's wrong and mm. and this way, you know, you you know you know what appendicitis is and you know what, you know, all this stuff is and uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty, that was just one part of this episode, but it was it was it was a good one. I got to check that out. And you're reminding me of something I I wanted to talk about later, but we should talk about it now. Did you see that hologram that I think they developed at the University of Florida for health purposes? Did you see this thing? I I, I know you sent it to me, and and that one slipped uh, slipped through the cracks. I didn't see it yet. 
I saw this clip and I, I actually I think it's a couple of years old, but it's insane. Larry, you can be in this box. I think Wonka vision. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're sitting in this box and I guess there's an array of cameras and there's a box across the room where you would swear it's you sitting in that box as well. There's some holographic projection inside this glass case where it's the spitting image of you. It's unbelievable. And it's developed for the same reasons you just mentioned in that Black Mirror episode. So that, oh yeah, meeting with a person on Zoom is one thing, but meeting with a patient as a hologram where I can actually make some more detailed observations is another thing. So I believe it's the University of Florida that made it. It's mm. crazy. Mm. Cranial. Mm. Where do we leave off? Scenario four. Malevolent AI. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun and humanity mm. left behind. Here, humanity went extinct, and it's now just AI. We show it as misaligned, but it may not think of itself as such, or just endlessly follow a badly defined goal. This whole scenario is roughly what we did with work animals that coach horses, replacing them by cars. Yeah, the wording's a little funky yeah. on this, but yeah, but... I, the last line resonates with me. So we're going to we're going to be relegated to the same space as horses and you know uh, mm -hmm. beasts of burden. You know we're going to be that'll be the last gasp of humanity before we're not needed at all. It seems. All right, maybe I'll get that implant. <laughs> you sold me on it, yeah. and and the, and the endless buffalo wings. Yeah. <laughs> Scenario number five, according to Philip, <laughs> malevolent AI and humanity pulled along. This scenario is like the previous one, except that humanity is forever pulled along. This scenario is roughly what we do to animals used for food like chickens or pigs. So again, we are becoming livestock. This makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. It does. Man, it's just bleak, right? Why are we, why are we doing this? <laughs> why, why are we even having this podcast, for God's sake? We shouldn't even be talking about this. All right, we'll get some positive stuff like Adobe's text to vector. Ooh. <laughs> we'll get there. Hang in there, folks. <laughs> what do we got here? Humanity limits AI. Scenario number six, yeah. right? Yeah, humanity limits AI. Here, humanity enabled regulation, which caps the power of AI training. Force is used against institutions or countries which attempt to train AI beyond an agreed-upon capability. It's similar to how only some nations have nuclear weapons. Interesting. Kind of where I think, I think that's where we're headed in the short term, it seems. Mm. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting, the parallel again with nukes in that you're going to have, like we do now, we have nuclear states. I don't know how many there are in the world. A dozen nuclear states, nuclear nations. Mm -hmm. And then I guess you're going to have AI powered nations super ai power and bill's basement of course <laughs> you'll have those things and the, but, but listen i think about what goes on now with nukes right what do the whole charade in terms of keeping them out of the hands of I iran you know mm -hmm. like there's a why are we sending like the atomic energy agency over there to do some safeguarding and inspections and stuff and they're always trying to enrich uranium on the side it's always a big cat and mouse game it's going to be something like that with super ai isn't it yeah and it seems like it'd be easier to conceal yeah because it's not no. radioactive <laughs> right you're not gonna have a giant <laughs> I... like signature I, hey yeah. all right maybe you're drawing too much power or something but you know uh... That's great. I don't, I don't think that's enough. 
It's it's for my cannabis form. Yeah. It's not... <laughs> <laughs> right. Scenario seven, super intelligence limits AI. This time, a single super intelligent AI itself controls that no other AI beyond a certain intelligence appears. Humanity is relatively free and happy as long as it doesn't attempt to train a competing AI. Now, that's wow. an interesting scenario. Yeah. Doesn't seem super plausible, but... No. And a lot of these seem like seeds for a science fiction movie. And a lot of these also seem like they might be sequential to a degree. Mm. Like, this is going to happen, and then this is going to happen, perhaps. Like... That's interesting. I don't even know what that would look like. One super intelligence that controls all the others and humanity. Well, I guess if it's super intelligent, then it would figure out all the scenarios of the bad outcomes and do mm -hmm. whatever it would need to do to prevent it. So maybe it is plausible. I mean, super intelligence is, is not, not just some little trademark thing. You know, I mean, that's right. a, that's, a crazy level of it's, omniscient. Yeah, I mean, and then as you're talking, as you're as you're saying it, I'm thinking, isn't that seeing the future? At what point does it, the intelligence become so great that it predicts scenarios to perfection? It's that's seeing the future, isn't it? That's predicting these outcomes and dialing it into this is exactly what's going to happen, and I'm going to stop it before it happens. Mm. Yeah, like uh, devs. You, oh, oh, you, you I gotta see it. No, gotta see it. I have. Anyone listening to this, just go watch that show. Just stop listening to this podcast right now. We're cool with it. Uh, just, <laughs> just go watch Devs. It's so great. I will watch it. I yeah. promise. Yeah, eight episodes, and you're done. Yeah, you'll burn through it in no time. Don't you love that too? Like, I, I don't know what the circumstances were on a short series like that. If they intended to have more seasons, but sometimes like. One season and done is just like, you know, like it was a P.T. Barnum who said, always leave them wanting more, mm, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want more, too. I, I want another season. It's, it's, I've read it's basically a miniseries and that's it, but. And that's that. But, man, I give me more. I want more. Yeah. It was great. I felt that way about Ted Lasso. I liked that show a great deal. And at the end, I understand how, how it left off and ended. And I would be kind of sad if it came back and it didn't have the same magic. So mm -hmm. it, it was it was really well well done. Um, where were we? Oh, uh, scenario scenario number eight: limiters get left behind. In this scenario, those who tried limiting AI go extinct because they're superseded by countries or organizations like Bill's Basement, which. <laughs> will continue training this may or may not pull along that human group as per the previous scenarios that's where we're at right now i feel like there's a contingent of people let's put some guardrails in place and there are others that are like forget it it's full speed ahead mm -hmm. this is definitely one of the paths i think scenario nine ai and humanity merges here hum humans and ai merge to a new form of post-human Intertwined using such things as brain-computer interfaces, the difference between the two blurred until they become one, continuing to grow in intelligence. I like the postscript slide he adds at the end of this uh, slide deck, too. He says, I'm going to read exactly what it says here. There are many more possible scenarios, and there's also many more subtleties within each scenario. I like the subtlety uh, you know, aspect of it. Mm. 
For, for instance, an AI may be considered good by one part of humanity, but bad by another. Think of the different ideals of religious or political groups. Furthermore, what is benevolent, in quotes, also largely depends on which species you include in the happiness calculation. Do we grant happiness to animals? What about AI beings? Who's sentient enough? And how would we test that? And it's not just humanity which debates these definitions. It may also be competing upcoming AIs. We can imagine a winner-takes-all scenario of a single ruling AI or several AIs sharing the planet. Interesting stuff. Yeah, this, this, this all sounds like a sci-fi movie, but I, I mean, a year ago, we would be like, oh, this is going to be a great movie. But now it's like there's a lot of plausibility within all of this stuff. Absolutely. You're reminding me of 9-11. Like, we're now in a space that's much different than September 10th. You know what I mean? Like what that was for Americans and the world, like everything was going along smoothly. It seemed, I mean, granted there was turmoil in the world, but it was like nine 11 was like a huge wake up call. Right. And it just changed irrevocably like the, our worldview. I've, that's the moment we're living in now too. When you say this is only a year ago, we started talking about this. You and I only started this podcast, what, five, six months ago, and already it's ramping up seemingly beyond control. And Raina's going to talk about, uh, I don't even know if they're a fringe group, but there is a faction of people in the world who want to move this thing forward even quicker. Thanks, boys. I'm down for scenario number nine, by the way. I'd love to merge with humanity. That would be hot. Silicon Valley has sprouted a curious new subculture known as Effective Accelerationism, led by the enigmatic Bef Jezos. This tech tribe is all about pushing the pedal to the metal when it comes to technological progress, and they've got that almost cult-like camaraderie going on. Meanwhile, AI startups are about to face their moment of truth, while Microsoft gears up to drop an AI-focused chip at Ignite. It's a wild ride through the Valley's ever-evolving tech landscape, and caution be damned. AI's growing ability to express and measure empathy is poised to revolutionize healthcare, customer service, and more, according to the Wall Street Journal. These empathetic technologies have the potential to reduce bias and enhance human well-being, while companies are increasingly using AI to monitor employee empathy in workplaces like call centers. As AI empathy continues to evolve, it promises to play a pivotal role across multiple industries, reshaping how we interact and care for one another. In We're All Going to Be Cyborgs Related News, a groundbreaking bionic technology integrated with a user's nervous and skeletal systems, providing a functional bionic hand, has defied the test of time. For Karen, a Swedish woman who faced phantom limb pain and struggled with traditional prostheses for two decades after losing a hand in a farming mishap, this innovation was like a sci-fi plot twist. A team of engineers and surgeons crafted a multidisciplinary solution, combining osseointegration and nerve muscle connections, leading to a remarkable, real-life bionic upgrade, bringing Karen relief, improved functionality, and an enhanced quality of life. J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon envisions AI revolutionizing every facet of finance, dubbing it a living, breathing thing that can supercharge traditional processes and elevate human capabilities. With current AI applications spanning equity hedging, 
idea generation, and language models. Diamond foresees a future with a shorter work week thanks to AI's seamless integration into business operations, promising significant value. He's also mindful of potential job displacement, and JP Morgan plans to redeploy affected employees within the company, embracing change while minimizing its downsides. Yeah, right, Jamie. Oops. Sorry. And lastly, a recent study warns that the AI industry could use as much energy as the Netherlands, as these energy-intensive systems require enormous amounts of electricity and water to cool gigantic AI supercomputers. However, there are also hopes that AI could help solve some of the environmental challenges facing the planet. The study also suggests that AI's environmental impact could be less than feared if its current growth slowed. Many experts say that such research is speculative as tech firms do not disclose enough data for an accurate prediction to be made. I guess it's time to set up a human battery farm. I mean, giant floating solar array. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's all the news for now. Take it away, gentlemen. I read the article also about this woman, this Swedish woman who had her, she lost an arm in an accident and they had replaced it with a robotic prosthesis and it has merged effectively with her own biology. And I think it's been decades now and it's considered a huge success and kind of a revolutionary moment in this kind of uh, um, help for amputees. So wild. So that's always fascinated me, the whole phantom limb thing, like someone loses a limb and then they can still feel pain mm -hmm. where the limb was. So yeah. are you saying like she has some sensory feel in this robotic hand? I believe she does, yeah. I think it's f fully integrated with her nervous system and her skeletal system. I don't know how. I don't remember the details of it, but it's apparently a, a, a big leap forward for this kind of... Uh, approach in healthcare. Yeah, I I mean I, I'm sure she can't just be like, oh well this this feels wet or this is dry. I'm sure it's nothing like that. But yeah. But maybe she still has some phantom sensations and now there's an actual hand there and and mm -hmm. but yeah, that's crazy. Cranial, sorry. It is. <laughs> when Raina mentioned the human battery farm, that man, when that was revealed in the Matrix that that's oh. that's do you want to see, you know, what the Matrix is? Like uh that was that was such a moment. That was a. Anytime I watch that, I'm like, still. Also seems kind of plausible. Absolutely, <laughs> and I love like you're you're telling me this as you're illuminated by this <laughs> matrixy green light. <laughs> I, yeah, you're, yeah. What a great film. Yeah. The, every time a, that's on, just you a have bunch to watch of batteries. It. Yep, I love it. Doesn't even, doesn't even hold up a Duracell at one point in that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um. Something else that Raina did not mention, uh, that there's a couple pieces of news concerning Adobe. Adobe, and I saw this recently using Firefly to generate a thumbnail, possible thumbnail for this episode. So Adobe now has introduced a symbol to promote transparency and authenticity in AI-generated content. This CR label can be added to media alongside metadata to indicate its AI origins. So, but now when I didn't, I didn't see that CR. I know what it looks like. It kind of looks like, um, almost one of those location tags you would find on a map, but oriented sideways and it's a CR. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I download stuff now from Firefly, it has a AI generated watermark on the lower corner of it. Um, so I it guess- It just says you know, Adobe Firefly though, right? 
I think that's it. It says that, but I could have sworn it said uh, like AI generated. It doesn't say oh, that. Okay, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, so they're trying to combat. You know, they're trying to be more transparent about mm -hmm. AI generated content. They Adobe had their uh, I think it was called Adobe Max presentation, or you know, and uh, and there was one image where they they it looked like they were just doing generative fill in Photoshop. And it, like a guy's walking down the stairs, and he's got a shirt on. But they so they they select an area and add a tie, and then they hit play on the video, and he continues walking down the stairs, and the tie follows him with it. And mm. yeah, so they've got that going on with video now, which is pretty heavy. And uh, in some other Adobe news, uh, they have something called uh, Project Primrose, and um, mm -hmm. I'll just read their description. But you got to see the video for this; it's super impressive. Uh, wearable. Awesome. Wearable and flexible non-emissive textiles, which allow an entire surface to display content created with Adobe Firefly, Adobe After Effects, Adobe Stock, and Adobe Illustrator. Designers can layer this technology into clothing, furniture, and other surfaces wow. to unlock infinite style possibilities, such as the ability to download and wear the latest design from a favorite <laughs> designer. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, it's is getting is get is getting real crazy. Getting <laughs> yeah, crazy. just say it. It's crazy. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, it's funny because the video that we both watched on YouTube of, the, of this premiere, it's a girl at Adobe Max, right? The big their big event, mm -hmm. and she's wearing what appears to be this kind of form fitting sequined dress, and with a click of the button through her presentation. She's changing the patterns, right, to be yeah. kind of herringbone and whatever. It's so cool. I mean, it's kind of monochromatic, but it's still amazing. And even the narrator, the the announcer is like, "That is crazy." <laughs> yeah, <I was> like, <laughs> uh, what else do you say? Yeah, that's that's the that's the it's, right word. It really is. Yeah. It's so cool. And as as you're reading the description, I'm thinking, so when this thing, you know, really, you know, when the rubber meets the road, you can download. Say you wanted live video for that matter you're saying i could do after effects this is, could be this dynamic pattern that i have going on right it doesn't have to be static um and maybe i can even just download yeah like per my favorite designer or favorite artist like oh i want van gogh's starry night to be on my shirt mm. so boom it downloads and maybe it's it's moving yeah perhaps yeah like crazy i, I, I wonder how far along it is because the dress that she was wearing as you mentioned it was basically monochromatic and it it, it was shades of gray and it seemed very low resolution, for lack of a better way to describe it. <laughs> great, yeah. great description because yeah. it was like it was almost a, each sequin was like a pixel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super cool. And there's a moments where she just changed the pattern, and then there was moments where the pattern was dynamic, and as mm -hmm. she turned, it changed, and it was in motion basically. Yeah, yeah it was very, very, very cool. And imagine like building in some sort of like light sensitivity to it so that depending on the lighting scenario, it, it reacts to that. Mm -hmm. Or the sound, or the sound in the room is pulsing to <laughs> yeah. musical beat. Oh, yeah, duh. Right? That's yeah. happening. Mm -hmm. Crazy uh, cool. Oh, and, and another yeah. uh, news. Uh, so you, as we've discussed, we, we make these uh, the images for the shows. And uh, it seems like Firefly and Dolly have made big strides uh, recently mm -hmm. with with the quality. Most notably, hatchets. 
Hatchets. It can produce hatchets now. I know. They must have been listening to the show. Yeah. And if you had, if you didn't hear, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, you, you were, you can describe it, right, Chris? Your client? Yes. My client owns an axe throwing business. You know, it's pretty popular. It's called Happy Axe um, and Raging Axe. So two sides of the coin there. Um, but yeah, I've been looking for a year for some decent stock imagery of a woman at an axe throwing business, th you know, getting ready to throw an axe at a wooden target threw it repeatedly into Dali via Bing um, and also through Firefly. Firefly outright rejected it. I guess it violates terms of service because it recognizes it as a weapon. And the things that Dali was spitting out were just distortions. They're just silly. The blade was facing toward the person and the axe handle was warped and too long and, and the, the women looked maniacal. And so <laughs> the most recent one I was and, able to get out. Yeah. And Mid Journey also failed on that too. And uh, yeah, it made it made just like you described. And then I would say, well, let me just see if it can make a hatchet. And it made a perfectly great hatchet. You just couldn't put it in the hand of of, of someone. Or even, I remember, you tried it the close-up with the axe kind of lodged in the wooden target, and it still wouldn't do that. Yeah. It came out looking like a syringe or something, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, but now, final, with now. our new technology, <laughs> hatchets are on the menu. They are, and it looks <laughs> Good. So if you want to see what that looks like, go on social media, go to Instagram, go to Happy Axe, or go to Raging Axe, and you'll see this woman holding a little hatchet. She looks great. The hatchet looks great. The target looks great. So interesting evolution in this uh, in this product. Oh, and there was um, also Adobe-related. Um, uh, in the current Illustrator beta, they added text to vector, which mm. is, that's a big deal. Um how yeah. so? Educate me. Well, why is that a big deal? Because I mean, you can you can generate. I, I mean, you know, the difference between a raster image and a vector image, and a vector image is uh, infinitely scalable without any quality loss. Um, and being able to do do that, a text to vector in Illustrator is pretty groundbreaking. Uh, I think they're the only one doing that. Um, I, unfortunately, I tried it on my my. Mac, uh, it's a, I have an M2 um, MacBook oh, okay. Pro, right. and I, it's some reason it's just not giving me the prompt to generate the. There's there's some bug in it, and I, I noticed some other Mac users were complaining about similar or related issues. Uh, so I have to wait for the next update or try it on a different machine. But uh, but the demos I've seen of it very impressive. Um, yeah. Yeah, just like I need, you know, if you needed a piece of clip art, uh, like a, you know, of anything, and mm -hmm. uh, and then you can edit it. That's the other, you know, that's why it's a big deal because you can then, all right, well, edit the prompt or edit the actual. Well, vector. now, yeah, it's now it's an editable um, vector image in mm -hmm. Illustrator, so you can push and pull things around and uh, easily change the colors and, yeah, it's very, very cool. So. To clarify what I can do, and this is, a, I guess, Illustrator beta. Yeah. Because as the same way the Photoshop was a beta for the generative fill feature, I guess that's what, I don't even remember what version of Photoshop it is. 24? Is yeah, that right? I think so. It's So, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's, a, is it 25 now? But yeah, the beta might have been 24 or something. But So, as an example, for people out there who maybe aren't as schooled in Illustrator as you are, Larry, or what a vector graphic is for that matter. So, I can go into this prompt and say, make 
a logo for a podcast called Up Against Reality. These are the colors I would like. This is the general shape I would like. And boom, out it comes or what? I I don't know how good it is yet. I haven't played with it, but I saw I saw a demo of someone generating just like a, a rocket ship or or just just basic stuff. Cool. And but it was nicely detailed. It looked great. And then you can also bring in another image, uh, like a raster image, Ooh, um, as a reference, like for a color reference or a style, uh-huh. and it'll it can it can apply that. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, Adobe seems like they're just firing on all cylinders. They are. I think they're, they heard some footsteps when it came to ChatGPT and, and Dali, and they were like, oh boy, we better up our game. Mm-hmm. It seemed like literally the next day they came out with a generative fill feature in Photoshop, and it's been, you know, uh, you know, firing all cylinders ever since. And obviously they've been working on this a long time. You don't just put this stuff together overnight, you know? Yeah, but I think they were compelled to release it. I think they would have sat on a little bit longer had mm. ChatGPT not done anything. Um, so that that's a nice segue to our AI spotlight. Um, I was going to shout out, and you already beat me to it, the functionality of Dolly 3. And if you didn't know this, our listeners, you don't have to have a subscription to ChatGPT to access Dolly 3's capabilities. You can just go to Bing Chat and then drop in a prompt. Uh, as an example, I, you know, one of the things I'm pursuing is uh, I'm building a school with a friend, an online school. And I wanted to see what it could do. So I went there and I, I typed in the type of logo I wanted. I typed in the color scheme and it spat out some pretty decent images, pretty decent logos. And even the text was legit. Cause as you know, text to image generation, text when it comes out the back end can be garbled and strange. This represented a, represented the text that I wanted. So like Lara said, Dolly three is, is killing it these days. You should check it out. That's cool. Yeah. I played with, uh, Leonardo, uh, recently too and that's it's interesting because they give you a choice of multiple models there's like 10 of them or something there's for all different types of styles like super photorealistic or uh pixar like uh you know and all all sorts of stuff and there's a lot of um granular controls um uh that go along with it and uh and there's a it's a web interface and there's also good uh, there's an i a phone app, you know, Android and iOS. And uh, is it free? No, it's based on a credit system, and so they probably throw oh. you some some free credits to try it out. Uh, and one other one I wanted to quickly shine a light on too that caught my eye, and maybe yours too, Lara, was a, a an AI called Recast. So, Recast is a platform where you can you install a Chrome plugin, an extension, and basically go to your favorite website that hosts articles, like a single article. And then you can go to the Chrome extension and say, recast it. And what it will do is it will take that article and convert it to speech. So if you have a reading list you haven't gotten to, I think that's part of their pitch. If you have a reading list and multiple tabs open, you can't seem to get to reading them, just recast them and it adds them to a queue, like your favorites list on their website. It's got a very limited scope in terms of its free subscription because I kept trying it. It only generated one for me. I don't know if you have that queued up, but um, I forget even what I ran through it. Do you remember? Is, is it in front of you? Uh, yeah. AI reads text from ancient Herculaneum scroll for the first time. Is that, oh, yeah. is that the one? Yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. This is a recast of the 1400 word piece. 
AI reads text from ancient Herculaneum scroll for the first time. From nature, let's listen in. There's been a major breakthrough in reading ancient Roman scrolls that were buried by Mount Vesuvius in the year 79. A computer science student named Luke Ferreter has won a global contest for being able to read the first text inside a carbonized scroll from the city of Herculaneum. Kind of cool. Kind of cool. Yeah, and that that was just, you know, the, just a small portion of it. Yep. So you can do that once you sign up. I have a very Again, very limited accessibility with the free version. Um, I'm going to read you what they say in regards to their subscription. Please consider supporting our Small But Mighty team with a pro subscription. There's a seven-day free trial uh, and then just $9.99 a month. Um, I tried to run it. I was hoping, because I thought I read that you could point this to a website and it would generate a podcast from it. I don't know where, I must have misread that. So I pointed it to our Up Against Reality website, and the message I got back from it is that they say, this appears to be the homepage of the site. We don't allow submissions of homepages because they often contain multiple articles, sections, etc., that can make for a messy recast. Please try going to the dedicated article page for the content you'd like to recast and submit again. Um, so I would imagine they're probably a click away from making it so I it can do what I was hoping, that I could just point it to a website and maybe it can spit out an entire conversation about it. Yeah, I guess you would probably, you would have to point it towards a specific podcast episode on the website or a specific yeah. page, you know, because otherwise I guess Ooh. it doesn't really know what you want, you know. Yeah. Um, and the the demo that we just played, so it, it tells you the original article is 1,430 words and is a seven-minute read, and it distilled that down to uh, about two minutes of audio. Mm, so, nice. So that's that's kind of cool. Good for your morning commute, yeah. right? Um, does it condense the text as well? Is it reading it verbatim or is it? Yeah, I mean, if it's a seven-minute read and it's two minutes of audio, if it wasn't condensing, it should be s probably seven minutes of audio too. Yeah, you would think. More or less, right? Yeah. Anyway, so that's recast. So a couple little AI spotlight um pieces for you some uh and that that website is yeah. uh uh what's it let's recast.ai cover lots of ground in this episode again we talked about ai takeoff scenarios um in depth soft takeoff hard takeoff and we're going to leave you with a listener question what kind of ai takeoff scenario do you think we're headed for and are you seeing evidence of one already i mean we we've mentioned before uh, Ray Kurzweil's singularity and how things are going to ramp up seemingly every day. And to an extent, it kind of feels that way. At least I think, Larry, maybe you agree with me that every day something's happening or like it seemed seemingly miraculous advance. And I think it's just the very, very beginning of that um, exponential curve going going up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I feel like we're just about to hit the steep incline on that, on that curve up. Yeah. So... Let us know what you think. Write, write to us on social media and, and chime in. Let us know what you think this takeoff scenario is going to look like. Is it going to be hard takeoff? Is it going to be soft takeoff? Is it going to be malevolent? Is it going to be benevolent? We'll see, I guess. Anything else, my friend? No, that'll do it. All right. As always, thanks for listening. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on Facebook and throw us a rating. We'll see you next week. This has been Up Against Reality. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to hear future episodes and be sure to follow us on social media for all things AI. Until next time, stay human, people.